do you want to know what it is? Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Many people in the health community who eventually wake up and they take their own health into their hands, they have to go through a crisis. Mm. Uh, it could be a personal strategy in terms of health. And uh, that basically challenges them in such a way that they have to really change behavior. Uh, can you tell about your own uh, similar experience a little bit? Yeah, um, there have been uh, quite a few experiences. So basically I've been very interested, for example, in nutrition for tens of years, even before um, even before actually graduating for hum- from high school. And I was interested in nutrition, but the knowledge back there was quite different. And uh, I was in, into more like bodybuilding and, and just uh, eating a lot of protein and shakes and, and stuff. I also Actually, I did use creatine back back in like 1997 or something like that, without actually realizing that it's been helping me cognitively also. So that's mm. a, well, that's a side story. Uh, well, um, the whole uh, period of being in medical school, it was I was pushing myself. My calendar was from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, it was packed. Right. Every day, all the time, and I was working from the first year of medical school, uh, I was doing DJ gigs already and doing like everything too much. And of course, not sleeping enough and having social jet lag all the time, hangovers and so on. So I keep on doing that kind of pace about 10 years until came the point of a near, near breakdown. It wasn't, I haven't had this like total breakdown that I, I couldn't do any. I've, I've always been kind of like a functional because I had the, state of mind that I I've eep, <laughs> fucking do it. Yeah. But it was uh, on the verge of, of, of being right. burned out and the recovery has been taking many I mean, years. I mean, going through medical school is not going to be easy. So I, I guess there's a lot of other people who study medicine and become doctors and they, they totally burn themselves out. So. Yeah, that's typical. Actually, doctors are the, more, the most stressed uh, group of uh, occupation there is. And... Also in Finland, especially in the U.S., but also in Finland, and uh, the amount of stress that you have to carry is, it's pretty enormous. Randomness, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I want to bring in a young gentleman. I don't know if he's had his own tragedy. 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 So Seamland, <laughs> uh, he's our Estonian biohacking friend, part of our team. So Tere ommikust. Tere ommikust, Siimlandikus. <laughs> Kuidas kas kaup? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we're going to stop our <laughs> yeah. imitation of Estonian That was language. actually real Estonian language, right? Yeah. How are you doing, man? I'm uh, really enjoying a nice summer day here in Estonia. So, uh, what's up? <laughs> yeah, all good. So, um, you have been very much into biohacking and... Uh, uh, done a lot of research and and optimized yourself for sure. Like, did that come out of nowhere? Like, just you know, you were born like this, like a freaking biohacking child. Before you were speaking, you were already doing these biohacks, or was was you there had aura ring in the womb? Yeah, you had aura <laughs> ring in your finger when you were born. Um, so, or did you personally experience something in your life that actually made you uh, methodil- met- method method logically and also unforgivingly start researching like how to get to <laughs> optimal health or like mm. is this a lifestyle thing for you or is this like something that you learn through a hard experience uh well definitely i didn't have like any illness or uh, serious condition back in my day so uh, I've, I've never been like sick or obese so uh, i've just but I've, at the same time, I've never been like at peak performance either in my childhood. So I was somewhat mediocre in in terms of health. <laughs> but uh, during my high school years, I just started to uh, get interested in lifting weights, nutrition, and the bodybuilding, etc. That kind of stuff. So uh, it kind of grew out of that and evolved into trying to pay more attention to uh, my health and longevity at the same time. So. Um, 
like in, in my family family history, I don't have any serious conditions either, but there are a few instances of some people just dying prematurely. So I just didn't want to kind of go through a similar situation myself where I would uh, put my family into like a really difficult situation of, of uh, you know, uh, passing away sooner, etc. Mm. But at the same time, I, when I was in, um, after, after my high school, I also uh, went to the military where uh, I got exposed to, let's say, a lot of sleep deprivation and uh, physical mm. stress and so on. So at that point, I was um, kind of thrilled about that kind of stuff <laughs> because uh, it's it's kind of uh, it's like very difficult, but at the same at the same time, it's very challenging and it's fun. So uh, I was very curious about human adaptation and uh, how do humans can endure different like physical stressors and mental stressors and uh, how does it affect. Uh, everything starting with performance and, uh, and that's, that sort of stuff. So uh, I've just combined all that kind of experience and knowledge to forward into uh, using my, or building my own uh, personal brand with this and uh, becoming like a biohacking guy who is doing it this uh, as a living. Yeah, yeah, you're the prodigy of biohacking, and uh, yeah, you're speaking about you know uh, your 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 top expertise at the Biker Summit also. Now, um, you went through a military experience, uh, which really pushes the human body and its boundaries. I also went through a similar experience myself in Same. Uh, any, uh, you know, people listening to this, you have to understand that if you're neighbored by Russia, like Estonia and <laughs> Finland are, uh, you are basically, in most of these countries, it's mandatory to go to military service. It's not a voluntary thing. You just have to go, or you go to jail, or you go to or civil, civil service, service, or you go to civil service, or you just run away. Um, there, there is, you know, um, in in many of these countries, there there is still uh, an active service uh, that most of a certain class and age need to go through, and um, yeah, it does really expose yourself to. Uh, some some serious sleep deprivation and stress and all that and bad food yeah and like that sure. actually for me that experience I went quite late uh, because of my business and when I did I was already like close to thirty almost and um, well twenty six and seven and um, uh, after that I founded the startup companies and that's when I got my Wolser so it it became in a sequence of years when I had already pushed myself quite a lot first in military and then in business and, and then then I got, got some physical burnout out of it. Now, the military at the same time is a source of a lot of research into optimal human performance. And, uh, you know, if you take some of the most popular uh, nootropics like modafinil, I mean, modafinil has been studied definitely by the military for use <laughs> instead of amphetamines for staying mm. awake for long periods of time. And that's, that's what it's kind of used for is shift work and, and people who need to do service like that. Now, I'm not advocating using modafinil because it also increases your heart rate uh, by default and uh, using stimulants over time, especially every day, is not a good idea. I don't recommend that. Yeah, it will definitely ruin your nervous system, autonomic nervous system balance. and all that. Yeah. yeah. So there's a balance to things. And um, Navy SEALs is a big thing also in biohacking community, all the interviews with Navy SEALs, how when you do something, you really have to learn things like meditation, breathing techniques, and so on. Also, if you want to avoid like... Uh, yeah, like post-traumatic stress disorders and stuff like this, like uh, being constantly exposed to dangerous situations and external stimuli. So I think that's the situation also at the workplace nowadays. People are actually in a constant war, <laughs> basically mm. emails coming in. There is a constant interruptions of what you're doing. Uh, there is uh, constant worry and threats. And For example, in a Californian office, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's on average three minutes in every three minutes you get disrupted the workflow so you can think can you actually get into the flow or not in three minutes and then interruption yeah. so that's no no well i know that seamland is also a master of productivity like uh i remember i was with you here in finland and uh I was re enjoying myself, you know, a sauna and some nature walks and all that. And you were just like, I, I just need to, you know, do this routine this morning, uh, write this thing. And, uh, 
that you always always go to. Okay, uh, maybe there's. Okay, now it works again. So I was I was always going through uh, some. Um, uh, okay, let's go back. So I was in the cottage, and these guys over there, and and he just sticks to his schedule. So, can you speak a little bit about that? Like, uh, why don't you see him? Allow yourself a little bit of like just hanging around and not to worry too much, and you know about <laughs> getting your articles in or emails or podcasts or whatnot. Like, what's going on, man? Are you too young? You haven't learned like to just relax and have a slow life. Well, I like to think of that that um, if I work hard, then I'll also like play hard, <laughs> in a sense that uh, I do uh, implement these daily routines just as a way to um, make sure that I accomplish certain tasks for the day. And uh, those tasks, they're just used for uh, keeping my routines alive and also like using, you know, the habits, enforcing the habits, so to say. Because I do believe that uh, uh, all, the, all those habits, that, you know, as you do one thing, then you're going to do everything uh, the same way. So they do carry over. So, and if you maybe, you know, skip a few commitments you make to yourself, then eventually you're going to skip everything, every every other commitment you try to make as well. So it's going to be much more difficult. So I, I just, uh, first of all, I just enjoy the things that I do and I don't feel that I need to take a break or I don't feel to take like a vacation. So uh, that's what I would do like uh, by default. Uh, right. but, at the same, but at the same time, I even if I do like work with, you know, every day on something and, uh, you know, be somewhat productive, then I'll still have uh, a sufficient amount of time every day for, you know, downtime and relaxation. So usually like in my at home, when I'm at home, then uh, I'll, you know, be productive of the first half of the day. And, uh, you know, in the afternoon after, after, you know, I've done everything that I need to do, then I'll always like just chillax and uh, relax myself. So I, I'm, I don't, I'm not the kind of guy who works late into the night or uh, works uh, after dinner, etc. So I always, uh, I Not always like Timo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm, I relax all day long and then I work all night. So, um, Sian, do you make your bed in the morning? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Like I don't have a, a bed. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up uh, in the in the forest. <laughs> Sleep on a spike. Man. I don't remember what happened. Yeah. Naked. Yeah. But you do, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> interrupt. Yeah, I, I, I usually do. Yeah, like it's a first, first win for the day. Like there's this Navy SEAL commander who, who said that if you wanna, if you wanna change the world, then start, start by making your own bed. So mm. it's, it's, a, it's a good practice for just you know ticking the first, uh, box, for ticking the first thing off the list and uh, kind of getting into the momentum because. Uh, that's going to just condition your brain to, okay, I did this thing, now I'm going to do the other thing, etc., etc. So, yeah, after a while, after an hour or so, you're going to be in the flow and you, you, you don't let, like, procrastination to start, you know, start kicking in. Because imagine if you were to, like, procrastinate on making your own bed, then uh, you're going to just start to procrastinate on everything else as well. Yeah, I started actually thinking about this when I was I was recently on a road trip in France and Italy, and people there and Spain also people have siesta, and uh, after eating, you know, they take a little bit of a break and relax, and maybe that's because of all the carbohydrates and the sugar spikes, mm -hmm. but uh, definitely like getting a power nap in the middle of the day uh, gives you almost like another work day, and <laughs> and and I always think about these patterns and. That's kind of getting into into biohacking and routines and all that. Like to me, it doesn't seem very healthy to do like a eight to four, but but something like where you really kick the hardest things in the morning. Then you have lunch. Maybe you go for a walk. You think about some creative things and so on. Maybe take a nap and then you continue for another day, and and then you have dinner and. Uh, take a nap and work all night. Mm. No, actually, then you go to sleep. Yeah. But mm. but basically, like, maybe these kind of routines that have been developed by different cultures over time are maybe even more healthy than the typical eight to four or five office hours. Mm. Yeah, I, t I totally agree that the naps are really effective and really healthy. So I, I'm not sure, like, the exact numbers, but I saw that in, so in one study in Greece, they saw that the people who are taking a siesta 
their like life expectancy was higher by maybe 13% or something, something something along the lines of that. I may be wrong, but yeah, essentially the naps are almost like a way of um, helping the body to deal with the stress that you accumulated in the first half of the day and then being able to fall asleep at night better as well because you don't have to like deal with that that um, that bigger amount of stress and uh, yeah like it's almost like a recharge for both the body and uh, and the brain yeah uh Oli, uh you are uh someone who has been really thinking through about your routines and developing different protocols so if you get into biking protocols there's actually a few really extensive articles one of them is the how to get more deep sleep guide it's kind of yeah. all the things that you can do throughout the day so that you get more sleep and then there is um, a recent guide also on stacking different biohacks together and uh, can you can you tell about some of the weirdest and craziest and maybe unconventional ones um, kind of how do you combine things and maybe even conventional ones like um, how do you get all the biohacks into your day that really optimize recovery sleep and Mm. uh, performance well if you think about uh, what I did do and what I used to do was just working too much and too many hours per day. So um, I've actually cut the, the working hours, I, don't, I would say by half or even even the third, but I'm so effective that I get so much done in a shorter period of time that I have so much time for everything else, even family and relaxation, sleeping eight and a half hours and, and so on. But um, I like routines and they keep me focused. They give structure to the day. And uh, seems say they they are the first tasks that you commit yourself to and what, what you do. Um, I don't know about crazy biohacks, but for example, today um, I've given myself kind of a rule because I used to be a, like a snoozer back in the day, especially when having like sleep sleep deprivation. But I've ruled that uh, if possible, I don't use an alarm clock, and usually it is quite possible. And when I wake up, um, I have 30 seconds to get up from the bed. And I don't want to, at first, use anything, any tech or and, something. And if you don't, what what happens? You get an electric shock? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens, but it, it's just uh, I've noticed that if I just, uh, okay, I just lay, lay out in the bed and I uh, know there is no hurry and yeah. uh, let's let's see my phone. But it, it's not a good start. Of course, I, I don't want to be yeah. like rushing my day that I have a, like a stress reaction, but... It's kind of what Seam yeah. said about making your bed. So yeah. basically, if you start snoozing... Um, that carries over to everything you do. You yeah, kind of does, keep on yeah. pushing things forward and not really getting into the heart. Yeah. Right. Usually snoozing is about sleep deprivation that's been chronic right. for a long time. That, that And then you have to just fix that, that you sleep enough and, and yeah. so that you feel refreshed. Yeah, you don't need a snooze if you wake up with an, yeah. without an alarm clock. Now, okay, so so that's one thing that you, you kind of get right into what uh, and you make sure you recover enough. Well, I, what, I, what I do is that I immediately hydrate myself, then I go to wipe press and plate just to get like immediate movement for about like three minutes. Yeah, That's uh, easily equivalent to like a 20 minute normal walk. Then I go outside. Uh, for example, today there was there was some, some I go barefoot, ground myself, just uh, sunshine be like sunshine. half naked and getting the sunshine yeah. to <laughs> my body. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> there's a but really really funny story because uh um i've been jumping on a tra- mini trampoline not fully naked at, at points yeah a few <laughs> times yeah uh, but usually i have like a short or something on but uh one one, <laughs> one time my neighbor said oh you have you have uh, like a trampoline there and was like even like shit it did <laughs> it <just laughs> <me> jumping like <laughs> but then again Jaco Halmetoja has been doing this uh, for years in, yeah. in his apartment yeah our, our co-author <laughs> Jaco Halmeto, he's been a pioneer he did all of these things like yeah. already like five years before we even got into this yeah. he was into grounding he did trampolines Everything. he did the medicinal yeah. mushrooms and that was like in the freaking uh, early 2000s uh, when he was into really into these things nowadays yeah, like 2006 seven yeah nowadays he's very much into minimalism also like he's, mm. he has very little like stuff and now he's way more into nature yeah so, so actually he's right now probably fishing somewhere and the funny thing about Jaco is that gone fishing he's actually <laughs> allergic to fish 
<laughs> yeah, that's fishing all the time. So super funny. Yeah, I've been yeah. laughing that also. Yeah, maybe see him. You need to start fishing or something like do some 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 activity which is completely pointless. Maybe you're allergic to I don't know gluten, and then you just you know grow. So, Start wheat. growing crops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start a start a bakery. Yeah, you, you need a bakery for sure, like some croissant. <laughs> seems bakery. Seems, seems famous, <laughs> famous pizza place. Double the gluten. Double yeah. dose. The only Double pizzeria run by a ketogenic <laughs> chef. <laughs> uh, the yeah. jokes are bad. So, um, Okay. Yeah, there's a few questions on the chat. By the way, if you have any questions, um, you can ask on uh, the biohacking book Instagram feed. We, I'm actually looking at there's something going on. Amazing. Thank you for the knowledge from Danny. Hello, Danny. Awesome. Hello. So, um, there is uh, Tiffany Ballow is saying the Biker's Handbook is a fantastic resource and guide to optimize well-being. It's really helping me to change my lifestyle after a cancer diagnosis. Thank you. Damn. That's good I luck to you. I hope it really helps you. Uh, there, people have a lot of like chronic health issues and they struggle. I mean, I got my ulcer and, and you know, people people went through these things. And um, I've also learned that somehow at the point where you decide that you don't anymore take the role of the patient, that you don't take anymore the role of the sick person, mm. but you actually want to really get well. I think many people kind of get in, uh, tangled into their diagnosis. It's about identification. That I'm, that I'm depressed. I am this, I am that, I have this, I have this disease. So it's part of your identity. Yeah. Even people don't actually think about it. But this is a discussion I, I had with many patients that uh, you might want to reconsider re re your thinking and your words. So I have a, like a cardiovascular disease, I have rheumatic arthritis, I have this, I have that. and. And yeah. then, and then you become you the become disease. that diseased person. But you can change your language. Okay, my body is ex is experiencing this yeah. disease, and so so by changing the language, you are actually changing if you embody the disease or if it's just a phenomenon that's transient. Yeah, I think it's key to actually you know make the decision that you know I'm the person who's going to get well. I'm the person who's going to heal, and it goes really deep into uh, changing your identity. Now, Nusebo, I guess, is kind of what's going on here. Yeah. You're kind of creating the disease also and amplifying it. Um, yeah, Martin Kramer is actually asking, uh, what are you doing to stimulate medical community on biohacking? Are you considering doing a course or training for doctors and healthcare professionals? I mean, both you and me, we do uh, give presentations uh, both in a wellness community uh, as well as professional medical community. So there is a growing interest definitely to biohacking when it comes to doctors and yeah. establishment. And we made sure also in Finland that uh, the biohacking is part of the discussion. It's part of the political agendas in, in pushing preventive healthcare forward. And biohacking is kind of synonymous to self-quantification, patient-centric um, approaches to medicine. And uh, the fact that Patients are becoming active participants in creating their own health. Now, um, I had a call actually yesterday uh, with a US-based um, doctor who trains uh, people who want to get into these holistic healing protocols without practicing with a license. So those would be nutritional advisors, life coaches, health coaches. So there's a growing interest in, you know, dealing with things like sleep issues, hormonal issues, uh, productivity issues, all these different modalities um, uh, in, in coaches who used to only coach on a specific thing. Like maybe you're a personal trainer at the gym. Now you're not just training how to uh, lift a lot of weights, but also like how you can recover faster so you can lift more mm. tomorrow. Or you are a top management uh, consultant and it's not, not just like, you know, coaching your customers how to run your business, but also like how you run yourself to become a more resilient, more, mm. more, more of the person who you, who you see yourself, you know, becoming. And um, one, one moment I, I want to add on there uh, here, because you have mentioned personal trainers and, and so on, was is, is the movement of CrossFit. 
It's it's mm-hmm. just uh, what I, I've been thinking about it more deeply. I used to do that and still do occasionally, and it, it was a really huge part of the transformation in in the body inter- integrity and uh, how the body functions and and the, all the movements and embodiments and the realization uh, and what I've been following. It's 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 become a global trend and it's it's helping so many people. Well, especially in the U.S., a lot of very uh, ill. Very, very unhealthy, really fat people going to that, and they take the course, and they really uh, go into the community, and it's it's the power of the community. So I see that uh, really positive trend uh, into preventive healthcare as well. So it's it's just uh, one aspect of that, and it, it has so much positive in it. And there are a lot of different types of movements that are really, really. Um, side of the same coin in the sense of the preventive uh, health right oh someone from chicago tries to call me I'm chicago prob- probably not gonna answer this maybe it's someone who tries to call in yeah we need to actually get this kind of uh, audience calls into our show in the future i think that's something we should Hello, do this is john mccain yeah <laughs> oh, this is batman <laughs> i see you Uh, Okay, so uh, if there's any questions on the chat, like maybe on uh, Instagram Live, like we can we can answer with Oli. Like I'm here with medical doctor Oli Soviarvi and and Seamland. You know, now is your opportunity. If you have any questions, like shoot. Um, So anyway, uh, back to all your kind of uh, daily crazy routines. Like Mm. you know, give us something you know that people haven't heard. You know. People haven't heard. Yeah. Uh, depends, of course, <laughs> of the person. Not just the regular stuff, going on a tram yeah. and getting sunshine. Like, what, what is the crazy stuff you do, do? Like, do you do some coffee enemas or? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not Ben Greenfield, although I love the guy. <laughs> just amazing Superman. But um, Coffee enemas every day. Yeah. Like well, after after the sunshine and uh, the nature connection, uh, I use the Beulite International uh, 810 therapy device just get um, more blood flow to the brain and it's actually it's it's better than coffee right Uh, but i i want to have a little sweat every day uh every morning so what i've been using is it's the infrared sauna i've been using it like six years i would say every morning Hmm. like uh, when i've been at home so i get the sweat on and i finish it with cold shower this is of course basics that people at least have heard of but how many actually go into the infrared sauna? So that's uh, I, I want to get the blood flow. I want to get the sweating and 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 the um, purification. So this is also a sense of constant detoxification. So helping to get give uh, keep your body lean right. and clean. And uh, there comes also seams, um, intermittent fasting and the autophagy and and all these kind of things yeah. so it's 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 a crucial part of my everyday routines yeah. seem uh, about the intermittent fasting and and uh, practicing uh, ketosis or whatever like throughout the day um, uh, w- what are the kind of like um, uh, lessons learned of uh, i mean you you've done a bunch of experimentation like how, how do you do things like intermittent fasting. Do you do that like once a week? Do you do it every day? Uh, like, do you do it with coffee or just like... Uh, enema fasting. <laughs> uh, yeah, with coffee enemas. Yes. Uh, how, how's your protocol? Well, uh, for me, I tend to, uh, uh, like for the, for the past uh, few years, I've just uh, eaten once a day, primarily, like within a few hours. So uh, for me, it's somewhat simple and uh, very convenient. And uh, during the day, I just drink a little bit of water, some you know sea salt in there, uh, maybe some some apple cider vinegar and uh, black coffee and some teas. So that's kind of during the fast state. I don't consume any like real calories. And uh, in the evening or like after my workout, I tend to you know break the fast, eat some good protein and uh, some healthy fats, etc., and some vegetables. So uh, that that's kind of been my routine. But I think that. Uh, not not everyone needs to do like one meal a day, and it's definitely not like optimal for every situation. So usually, like the general uh, rule of thumb, I think everyone should stick to is the daily 16 and 8 type of fasting, where you're uh, fasting for 16 hours and eating eating within eight hours. 
So uh, for most people, I don't see like a reason to be eating any more than twice a day. And uh, they would benefit much, much from the aspect of restricting uh, their eating window. And that's, that's also reason like it's, it coincides a lot with the circadian rhythms as well. So a, ro- a lot of research shows that just the act of confining your eating window that has like a unique metabolic effect that you don't get from regular eating because it activates certain uh, certain uh, nutrition factors as well as uh, longevity longevity genes in the body that you don't that you don't really experience when you're eating constantly. So yeah, yeah. I think fasting is uh, very useful for uh, even uh, you know any any kind of pursuit uh, such as like fat loss and uh, just general well-being. But at the same time, if it if it becomes like an additional stressor for the body, then the person just has to gonna learn how to manage or to deal with it a little bit a little bit better because it's never that the, the fasting itself is causing the problems. It's almost like the accumulation of all those stressors. Like you're you're fasting, you're not eating, your body isn't that used to it, and therefore you also start to maybe drink a little bit more coffee. You start to get more anxious. You uh, experience just more mental turmoil and uh, physical stress. So uh, as you would get used to it more than, or as your body would become more keto adapted, then uh, the, the fasting itself would also become uh, much easier and uh, less stressful. So yeah, yeah, it's always it's always a matter of like how do all these different lifestyle factors uh, transition over to your body, uh, and because it's never like one specific thing that is causing the issues. Like you can say this, it's. I, I just I remember like hearing from um, Mike Mutzel recently that he said that. If, uh, if, 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 you know, if the reason that fasting is going to increase stress is the reason that you should avoid it, then you should also avoid exercise because it's going to raise your blood, it's, it's going to raise your blood pressure and make you sweat and so on. So, you know, it's a positive stress in some sense, and you just have to learn how to, um, incorporate it in the right dose and at the right time. Yeah. yeah. I just incorporate yeah. rage in my day by not eating. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun study, yeah. But uh, y- you know, just uh, become the master of your own self. That's that's uh, that's the sentence I've been repeating over and over again. And people, th- when they realize it, they, it gives a lot of like freedom to their habits, and also that you don't have to be like super strict. So I also do. I like the eating the one one big meal a day, but occasionally. If I feel like it, I'm I'm drained. For example, today I had a like a heavy heavy workout yesterday and and some activity also this morning and and uh, t- today and uh, you know before the show I was feeling a kind of aches in my body and just you know a, a bit lower in the energy. So I decided, okay, now I want to eat and it immediately made me feel better and I get in some nutrients and amino acids and and so on. So you you don't need to be like super strict but what seems said i i still can do the 16 and 8 because the eight hours is actually pretty long time for 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 an eating window yeah and it gives you a lot of freedom how about uh i mean i i also like to eat like one meal per day uh especially in the evening because i de- really value like the work time Uh, the active time that I can get into mm. my day, and if yeah. my stomach is full of food and all the blood is there, I'm not really thinking straight. Now, are you guys worried about then, you know, undigested food, like eating too late, or s- things like time restricted eating that you shouldn't eat, like um, after sunset, uh, the metabolic effects of that? So, so uh, what's your take on that? Well, uh, <laughs> I can say. It might work if you're living in the latitude that's that's having a, a same same pattern every day a year round. But th- for example, if you think about Finland, yeah, in it's, winter it's time, seven p.m. Like, can you see like it's freaking sunshine outside? Yeah, and in the in the winter time, it's super dark. So if you quit eating, like when the sun sets down and and it's it's about three o'clock in the afternoon. And <laughs> you would eat a lot like during the day, so um, that that it, it becomes quite like hard. So all these kind of rules are meant to be broken, but you have to find what's actually working for you. So in a sense, it, it there's uh, seems been like speaking about this a lot. But uh, if you eat like heavily and the one meal just before you go to sleep, it's it's guaranteed that your heart rate. It's gonna be elevated for yeah. hours, hours, and the process of digesting the food. So, 
in that sense, you, you might want to time like the eating, like let's say four hours before you go to sleep and you're still very mm. satisfied and not hungry. And, and uh, you know, some people, they like to eat something just before going to into sleep. So, for example, I'm, I'm kind of uh, those, those guys and I like my two kiwis and maybe like a <laughs> piece of dark chocolate or, or like a spoonful of honey or all of these combined and it, it makes so much different in the sleep quality and also the calmness that yeah. I feel. Yeah, you can read about the kiwis and the benefits of that for deep sleep in the yeah. deep sleep. That's a, that, the kiwi thing is pretty interesting because many have been like like picking that up from the deep sleep article and uh, from different podcasts and That's new. And it actually works and uh, all all the people who like do it and they're like, oh oh my god, this is actually really helping the sleep and this yeah yeah how about how about what do you think seem like about this question? do you like kiwi do you like uh, <laughs> well, eating late and uh, being constipated all night <laughs> <laughs> well may, the, the, then you can do like an enema in the morning or something coffee <laughs> <laughs> But uh, basically, I think it depends a lot on uh, how many calories you're eating and what type of food you're eating as well. So the different foods take different times to digest mm. and they're also going to have like a different response when it comes to sleep quality and uh, the day afterwards. So uh, in general, like, yeah, it would be better to have at least like a few hours uh, before going to bed where you stop eating and uh, that's that's usually what I do as well I, I usually stop eating like uh, three to four hours before going to bed and that's gonna be you know plenty of time for me to digest that that one meal a day that is you know somewhat high in calories etc but for instance yeah like if someone is uh, eating more frequently they're maybe breaking the fast at noon and then they're having uh, like dinner slightly later then there, it's not gonna be like a huge issue because the meal itself would be Lower and lower in volume and lower in calories, etc. So mm. uh, yeah, like a, like a bedtime snack isn't inherently going to cause any issues uh, and even promote like a deep sleep if it's you know comprised of certain nutrients. Like for instance, you know um, carbohydrates in general can be used to promote serotonin yeah. and fall asleep, and just like a little bit of protein can also reduce the time you wake up during the night and giving like the brain some uh, sufficient energy. So yeah, it's a, it's a matter of context. And it, they've also done some studies uh, where they compare this, uh, this timer sleep eating patterns where one group is uh, eating breakfast and lunch and the other group is eating like lunch and dinner. And there isn't like no, there's no difference in terms of like metabolic health and other outcomes. Exactly. So I think, I think that the biggest magic comes from just the suppression of the time frame where you're doing some form of fasting and you're not eating all the time. And that's that's where a lot of the metabolic benefits of time eating come from. And uh, usually uh, the main idea will, or optimally it would be better to you know have a few hours before going to bed where you stop eating. But uh, it's not like a huge difference when it comes to like eating breakfast versus eating dinner. Mm, yeah, so... What a relief. We, we have been uh, <laughs> cheated on with all the information you on, must on, eat breakfast. On the fact that you need snacking all the time. Uh, Rigmor Kwanström uh, is asking, how do you change uh, the situation when you are waking up during the night uh, often? So I guess he's having like issues. That he's, uh, he's tried mm. many things. He thinks it might be cortisol. Yeah, uh, I can he, go on with that. Yeah. But, but yeah. you can read the question. Yeah. If it's so, so the question basically is that how do you change if you are waking up at night? And yeah, he has the data from Aura Ring yeah. also to back it up yeah. that he has so nightly wake ups. So I was, I was like that. You were also peeing in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, um, I woke up like multiple times per day. If, uh, if I had that, uh, like, and in addition, I just slept too little and wake up. So the sleep quality was horrible or horrible. Um, th this is a deep issue, so it has to be tackled with uh, all the major um, events and major things that are happening in your life. And usually, I would say like in 99% in these kind of cases, the people is chronically stressed. So addressing the, the um, sources of the stress is highly critical. And then also... Um, just teaching your nervous system, the autonomic nervous system, to go into the parasympathetic rest and digest mode 
by different kind of hacks, breathing exercises, cold, hot alterations, and just like unwinding and just unwinding yourself and teaching yourself to just become and activate the parasympathetic nervous system. Usually it has to do also with uh, blood sugar regulation issues, which go hand in hand with the chronic stress. So by activating your fat metabolism and going to ketosis for a while and just, you know, improving your uh, mitochondrial health, so you're not waking up like after two hours uh, when your blood sugar drops and you have to push up like adrenal adrenaline and cortisol to just to get it up and it wakes you up so blood sugar regulation is, is uh, key in this this sense also like unprocessed uh, thoughts and, and if your mind is racing just before you go to sleep you just might wake up for for a thought or just super vivid t- dreams yeah the um, deep sleep optimization article will definitely help in this sense certainly there is actually a question from dr lisa thomas do you think we should be using meditation in mainstream medicine? What do you think? Yeah, that's a no-brainer, of course. And it, it's it's going there uh, by the form of mindfulness because it's so well-researched. There are so many, like thousands of studies in, in mindfulness meditation-based techniques. And uh, it's, already, it's, it's already kind of there. And it's being taught to children in, in different schools, and uh, I'm sure it's it's going to be in a curriculum of, of uh, like medicine, and in different other fields. Uh, it's it's definitely going there. Yeah, uh, certainly. I mean the the studies that really back it up that it has benefits in so many different illnesses, and often it's, I mean, if you're if you are in a sympathetic nervous system overactivated state. Um, it doesn't preserve you over time. It it helps you in short term with survival, running away from the lion, so to say, but uh, it, with a compromise of long-term health. So yeah. in the end, it's about balance, and people are completely unbalanced by modern society and the constant bombardment of messages and the constant constant flow of information and interruptions and... I mean, we have to become conscious about not just about doing things like meditation, but how to really manage the signal load from our environment, yeah. television, overall stimulation. Yeah, overstimulation from mobile devices, not just not just like uh, information streams, but also like just um, noises. Mm-hmm. Um, well, ev- everything is basically that's being recognized by your nervous system. Yeah, because it might be a threat. Exactly. So it's it's evolutionary wired uh, all the noises and and uh, like things in in the periphery of your visual field and it's it's um, we are basically wired to uh, for the danger. So if you're con- constant like uh, observing your surroundings for a possible danger, you're you're in a mode of definitely not getting enough rest and relaxation. That's for sure. Yeah, I th- I think we we guys we need to get some rest and. Uh, relaxation soon yeah. and, and get out of this sure. uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, so, Seem, um, like, what is what is your kind of uh, sleep hack in the evening? If you have like interruptions and and uh, raising thoughts, like, do you have like some special uh, techniques you do in the evening, maybe tonight? Other than uh, jerking off. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, I would say. <laughs> I would say that I don't really get uh, like anxious thoughts in the evening or something. I don't ha- I, I don't need like a ton of uh, let's say time to wind down in order to fall asleep. So usually my aura ring score also tells me that I fall asleep like within a few minutes. And uh, maybe part of the reason has to do whether that I just do, during a day I'll you know be more physically active and work out etc. All those things they just build up build up sleep drive mm. and uh, that just puts like more pressure onto my system that you actually want to fall asleep and whenever you you know hit the pillow then it's it's much more easier to do so but when i would like on some on some days like every every once in a while i may have like uh, some restless nights where i'll just you know toss around for no reason and uh, don't know why 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 i won't fall asleep but uh, usually it may, it may have to do with uh, like drinking caffeine too late in the day or uh, just maybe exercising too late in the day as well. So uh, those would be some of the things that I would uh, pay more attention to. 
but some maybe some literal hacks to fall asleep is uh, I've seen that cold cold temperature is very useful for that because it really puts you into this uh, parasympathetic state and uh, also like lowers your core temperature, which which is one of the one of the additional signals that is uh, needed for your yeah. body to go into deep deep sleep. Like to go to go into deep sleep, your body, your core temperature needs to fall like a few degrees. So uh, if you are like really hot and uh, sweating in the bed, then uh, it's it's somewhat um, more. Uh, it's gonna take a long longer time to fall asleep, and definitely you will uh, wake up more often. So uh, I I usually use like a fan in in my bedroom, and I also have the like the chili pad, where the, underneath the mattress mattress is the um, cold water running, and mm. that's just automatically going to lower the entire uh, temperature yeah. of the bed. So those yeah. those those things are uh, pretty damn effective. I actually. Uh I put, I get completely naked, and then I put socks on, and, <laughs> and that actually super hack. Socks where? on where? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing the red hot chili peppers. That actually lowers your core temperature when you when you heat your peripheries. Yeah, your core temperature drops, and I I also like the rebound effect of going to a sauna, so uh, not right before going to sleep, but a little bit earlier it has shown to improve the uh, sleep quality. There is actually one question that I want to pick from the Instagram. Uh, Frank Green is asking, how does one meditate when going through extreme grief? Uh, um, is there a good mantra to help with concentration? Now, I want to give uh, my some of my, my th- techniques that I do. Yeah, I definitely go for a sauna and then try to meditate if I'm if I super stimulated. Um, I really like also some guided meditations uh, on Spotify, like uh, search for Sadhguru, S-A-D-H, Guru. Sadhguru is pretty good. Uh, there is a specific track that I find myself going back again and again, often in the evening. It's kind of my trigger uh, thing in the evening just for relaxation. It is a song by Alio Dai, D-I-E. I let you die. A-L-I-O-D-I-E. And the name of the song is In the Labyrinth Garden. And it's so meditative uh, thing on its own that it, it, it really, really helps me in the evening just like just drift away. Do you guys have some, some of your favorites? Yeah. Um, for years, well, I, yeah, there's these stacks and combinations. I've been using this Swedish spike mat for about 11 or 12 years, I still have the same mat. So it, it basically has, has these long spikes. It's kind of a more uh, into this traditional Indian spike mat. But the thing is that it's it's helping to release endorphins and oxytocin and just, you know, putting me into a really feel-good spa- uh, space. But I've been using binaural beats and different kind of uh, waves and noises and natural sounds for over 10 years also. So what I use at the moment is the Sleepstream 2 app, and I pick the I like the Atlantic Ocean uh, on on the natural sound, and then Deep Sleep on the binaural sound. So that's that's basically always what I do before going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's in in the sound sense. I might listen to some kind of uh, like a music that's not really stimulating me and then and there have been studies on on these yoga musics and and these soundscapes that actually help to uh, fall asleep and there's even like a composed special sleep track that i revised in in the deep sleep article that i actually tested and it, it was really good so the link is also in the article and that that was like a special song made for inducting you into sleep <laughs> And it was uh, there was this uh, small scientific study on on that uh, song. So mm-hmm. music definitely is, is, is uh, might be really helpful or might be really disturbing also. There, there is a, a pretty good playlist on Spotify called Most Relaxing Songs Ever, and uh, I remember that Marconi Union, uh, the song called Weightless, is actually one of one of the songs that have been chosen by scientists as yeah. being one of the one of the most relaxing songs out so there. Search for weightless. Weightless, yeah. <laughs> Not faithless, even though that's good yeah, too. That's pretty good. <laughs> so how about seem like God get no sleep. I definitely don't need any <laughs> after I would I would I would use I would sometimes use like uh, these uh, yoga nidra soundtracks where it's basically like guided self hypnosis and guided mm. meditation, and uh, I've used them for like power naps, 
they, they usually last for like 20 minutes or something. And uh, it's, it's a perfect time for getting like a power nap. And yeah. you're, you're not really falling asleep because you're doing this body scan and paying attention to your different uh, like regions of the body, but it does help you to relax. And it def- you, you can definitely fall asleep doing that if you're like really tired and really in this, you know, stressed out state. So yeah, I, I, even like falling on the uh, acupuncture mattress while doing that, that's like a good, good snack. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's something that teaches you to kind of start paying more attention to guiding your uh, attention and uh, focus. Right. So, um, with that, I mean, thank you very much for joining. You can also get the cool biohackers blue light blockers to help you with sleep from um, from store.biohackingbook.com. So biohackingbook.com, you can get these cool glasses also. Now, um, one thing that I want to mention is that we are all speaking at the Biohacker Summit, 1st and 2nd of November. You can use the code HEALTH. So the code HEALTH. Uh, and you get 50 euros off of your ticket price, a regular ticket price. You basically get it at the early bird price. Uh, we have now the afternoon ticket, uh, afternoon bird. Um, so if you ever kind of considered perhaps going to a cool biohacking conference and hang around with some cool biohackers, uh, or maybe you wanted to learn more about all these things and meet like-minded people, yeah, I mean, Biohacker Summit, 1st and 2nd of November in Helsinki, Finland, is, is the place to go. Use the code HEALTH and you will be extremely healthy. Thank this you is very the, much. This is the yeah. event that has the most fun and most heart and most like uh, com- community. Because uh, every time we have arranged these, people are so like, the, the feedback is so heartwarming and they feel like empowered. They feel like they're part of something. They feel connected. They they are just, uh, you know, it, it's it's been like uh, not just another like yeah, a conference. conference but it's it's just much more than that's yeah. an experience yeah it's an experience and somehow like that's that's one of one of the biggest reasons why we have the stamina of doing it year after year yeah around eight nine times and this is our 50 years so yeah hope to see you there it's our anniversary so check out bikersummit.com with that guys let's have a pretty awesome weekend with sunshine perhaps some sauna cold baths like jumping on a trampoline doing coffee enemas whatever you <laughs> want to get yourself into simultaneously eating kiwis <laughs> while you do all of this uh, so thank you very much for joining cheers do you want to know what it is body mind empowerment get stronger faster smarter quicker friendlier more helpful more driven Everything the body needs. Control your mind.